Hey, everybody, hoes, whores, men, ladies, <laughs> gentle thems, welcome. So happy to have you here at HB Hoes. It's your hosts, Maddie, Sammy, Hi. and Jenna. Hello. <laughs> gentle thems. Gentle thems is so good. It's very good. No, it's not mine. It is not mine oh. at all. I saw this on the interwebs. And it was cool. Yeah, I like gentle thems. Yeah, it's good. Yeah, yeah. So thank you, internet, so much. I wish I knew who coined that because it's Mm -hmm. fucking great. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, the one I always hear is uh, guys, gals, and non-binary pals. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's like one that I've like seen across TikTok and YouTube and and things like that. So the the gentle thems is very like short and sweet version of that. Yeah, that's very good. Yeah. yeah oh my god that <laughs> is really sweet yeah it's like <laughs> oh god i'm here for it i'm here for not gendering rhetoric at all um ever so let's just slowly phase out genders like yeah. gender it's nice and just a quick uh i was talking to somebody at work a straight male a straight male man not uh-huh. a man not <laughs> guy, but a, you know, a male and he was talking about that. He was like, yeah, I don't think rhetoric should be so gendered. And I was fucking shocked because I didn't bring it up. So, oh, I love that from a cis, cis man. Love yeah. it. Um, okay. Cis okay. heads, man. They, they, they surprise you sometimes. Yeah, they oh, do. It's crazy. So yeah. what episode are we even on? Number seven? seven. Yes. Yeah. Season one, episode seven, Rings of the Power, called The Eye. The Eye, yes. Ooh. Which is, which is a uh, yeah. questionable titling for me personally. But well, I'll get into that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, I yeah. So I think we all have a lot of thoughts. Uh, we will start with our overall thoughts and then we'll get into specifics with the characters and the storylines and the plots and the whatnots. So um, Jenna, do you want to start us off with overall thoughts? What did you think? Um, sure. I... there's a there's there's so many (laughs) but the over but the overall one encompassing feeling that I have for the episode is is uh I mentioned it right before we started it's it's more sad I mean we're we're in this almost like post-apocalyptic setting of this aftermath of what just happened and everybody just being in shock and um kind of just not consequences, but again, the, the aftermath of this huge event that just happened. So I know online, a lot of people were, I wouldn't say like disappointed in this episode, but it was so, it's such a contrast to the last episode because last episode, it was a lot of buildup to this monumental event that happens at the end. And then we're now in an episode of this like grief and sadness, and it's just mm-hmm. very contrasting. So that like, a lot of people are kind of upset with it. They're like, oh, this isn't as good as the last episode. Well, it's not supposed to be. It's supposed to be sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. Um, yeah. So uh, I will just quickly spat out all of my like just very small thoughts. I don't really have like overall thoughts. Uh, a lot of people cried. Three people. Well, you can't call them people, but Elrond Durin, 
and Ellen Beal all cried in this episode yeah. at different parts. And I'm like, oh my God, people, so many tears. Yes. So many tears. Ugh. Um, uh, very happy the Hobbits are back, of course, as always. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, the There's one scene transition um, and we'll talk about this a little bit when we talk about a sealed door, but when the, the part where he, uh, the thing, the like little, uh, store, whatever he's in comes crashing down, it's on fire. And then we don't know what mm-hmm. happens to him. And then after yeah. that scene, and then in the same shot, we see that Muriel is injured. Um, like we, the transition is immediately to a singing poppy Harfoot <laughs> so because we talked about transition scenes and like how they yeah. so well before and I'm like whoa that was yeah. like, so that was that was really funny um and then yeah I just want to say that yeah those are actually it I think the rest of the stuff that I want to talk about we'll get into as we go but um yeah, yeah overall just like sad uh I'm really like don't know what to anticipate at all for the next episode so yeah Yeah, I I would agree with both of you Uh, it felt like sad and I was scared and it was doom and gloom and when they woke up in straight up fire dust I was like how are you how are you where are we going north Uh east south west like I don't even know which way is clear yeah where are the orcs I don't know. It was just, it was scary. Everything was scary as hell. Yeah, I agree. Um, even like throughout with, uh, with, um, just everything that was happening in the other inner storylines, it was kind of like not really giving us a clear way out of this, you know, like we really don't know where these characters stand right now. And I think that that was like very shown throughout, even when like, we're talking about like Elrond and Durin and, and the mithril mine and all that stuff like we're not at a resolution to anything yet like mm-hmm. so it's kind of like yeah so um it's been stringing and, us along on a lot of stuff for a while yeah yeah um so let's get right into the character storylines with a sealed door because that's the biggest mm-hmm. question mark right now mm-hmm. uh what do you guys think about that whole happening just the whole thing with the horse just killed me oh. with barrack that like that scene where they they flat out say like he's Barrick's not listening to anybody he's not going to take orders from anybody like Ellen Dill is trying to get the horse on the um you know to get out of there on the boat like he doesn't want to leave and then of course like it's very predictable mm-hmm. but you know he's running to go find a sealer yeah like and you know that's that horse is on a mission mm-hmm. and that was the the highlight of any of those scenes in, in the beginning there because it's it's almost like just that it's like over dramatic or <laughs> like over dramatizing it but it's like it's a ray of hope yeah it's like this horse is just taking off like it knows like that it knows. yes he's not dead um you know but everybody else feels that he is right like, and the- you know you see the tavern come crashing down Muriel gets affected by it, trying to save him. You know, she gets blinded and everybody leaves, which is super unfortunate because for them to just assume that he's dead, I understand everything around is burning, 
but it's like you could still try they they, yeah. they just left yeah and that horse is like nah I, i'm going back for my my owner that's that's my boy <laughs> like that's i'm not leaving him yeah so i just want to say that this has happened twice now so far where one of you brings up what I'm going to mention as my favorite scene before we get to the <laughs> because that was my favorite scene of the whole thing. Of course, I'm always biased for a horse, love some horses and also, everything in the franchise just does horses. Like they just do horses so well. They know. Also that- worst scene out of the whole episode was within the first like 10 seconds where they have a horse on fucking fire. Yeah. Yes. So Best scene, Barrick. We're seeing horse on fire. Yeah, <laughs> like, like the whole episode. I was so mad. Like I understand for this like dramatic effect, but and I know it is a TV show. Nothing was harmed in the making of the TV show. But holy shit, that horse had to be fucking so scared on set. I hate it. Yes. Yeah. I hate it so much. Like I, animals don't understand that kind of shit. They don't understand acting. And you just yeah. put a flaming thing on that horse's back. I don't I don't know if it's CGI. I don't know if CGI is that good to look like real fucking flames like that. But I I mean, I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but, they could I could imagine they could have the horse running and then they could just CGI the flames. Something. I am really hoping that's how that <laughs> I, I am also hoping that too because I felt like I mean that looked real as shit drama, but well, unnecessary they, I was just they, like please no I don't want to see this yeah but they also have accomplished a lot of things that I did mm. not think were possible with CGI already in the show so I mean in the sky horse yeah. In remember, yes, the horse being lifted, it's always with a damn horse, but um, I mean, the horses have always been incredibly important in this universe, so I understand it. Mm-hmm. Um, but okay, a sealed door, so he we don't know where he is, but we know, first of all, we know from the oh, okay, great time. Spoiler spoiler alert. <laughs> as soon as you stopped yourself, I was like, oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, I want to come up with like a fun tagline for that. Um, so people know, maybe we'll like put in a, a sound of like an alarm or something, but um, we'll just yeah. ourselves. Yes. Your trusted spoiler alert. It always comes at some point in the episode, sometimes not soon enough, but yeah, usually it's after a spoiler, but you know, we'll get to it. Yeah. Um, okay, spoiler alert for all of the rings of power so far. Currently, we are talking about season one, episode seven. This episode of the podcast contains mostly spoilers from that, but could also contain spoilers from everything that we've seen so far on this show and the Lord of the Rings franchise in the movies, which is what I'm about to spoil right now. We know that a sealed door obviously lives, unless this show is gonna fuck everything off and just be like, nope, we're gonna kill him, but they're not gonna do that. So um Sildor he he becomes a literal king so we they can't yeah yeah so yeah nothing would make sense without him so we know that by some reason he's still alive under that flaming fallen building but um if we didn't know that people are watching this and don't know who Isildur ends up being the horse running after him is is a pretty big clear indicator that he's still alive somewhere there Um, yeah the fuck gonna part, be what? Oh, I'm sorry. I was gonna say the fucked up part about that is though his oh God. It's so tricky. It's so deceiving for everyone else. We're all like, 
we understand the horse's connection, but the dad is just so distraught. Like he's like, Oh, this horse just wants to be free. And well, I think that he like thinks that he just wants to stay with the body probably, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's, that that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So that's that's probably what Ellen Deal is thinking is that because he, in the last episode and now that conversation between Isildur and Ellen Deal makes sense. I don't know if it was the last episode or the one, it was the one before. Nope. It was the last episode where um, Ellen Deal is giving him pointers on how to better train his horse. And he in that when you ride a horse in a battle, that horse is like forever bonded to you. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, he goes on this whole thing and it's actually really um, similar to in House of the Dragon, the Targaryens with their dragons, so the mm-hmm. dra- dragon riders. So um, so yeah, that's probably what Ellen Deal is thinking is like this horse wants to go and and be in the land where he was once with a sealed door, you yeah. know, maybe with his body. Um, but for us, it did, it was a very hopeful scene. Right. And, you know, and we always have a rule of thumb, unless you see them dead, they are not dead. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that goes for like any franchise, any movie, any, just anything. Yeah. Yeah. And imagine if there's magic involved, then you're fucked. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, it's going to be what I think the most interesting thing with the Asiel Door storyline now is going to be clearly he's alive, right? But how is he going to get it out of the Mordor now? Because he's fucking in there. He's right. in there. Yeah, because know? everybody is already on their way out. You know, everybody's kind of just taking their paths where they need to go and they're just completely abandoning those lands. So yeah, he's going to be alone. Just him and Barrack. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's it. And I just... Unless my- he finds the Harfoots. <gasps> that could be a possibility. Oh, oh wait, because the map. Yeah, I mean, so they, yeah, because exactly. they. I mean, they're all technically. I mean, they're on the same land mass. Well, yeah, and we so. actually now get a really good um idea of how close the Harfoots actually are to all this because they're where they're going to like rest up. Yeah, it has yeah the mountain. Yeah, the grove. The grove um is just north of Mordor. So, oh. yeah. Oh, so um, yeah, the Harfords, that's a good theory, Jenna, because they are the closest in proximity, the closest good things in proximity. Yeah. Um, Is he going to be their king? The Harfoot king. Okay. I have to think Jon Snow, but you know, <laughs> oh my oh, God. Gosh. This is this yeah, so to it's... do it with you guys. Ugh, like, <laughs> I, like I don't know these things. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's gonna be interesting. Um, at the end of it, Ellen Deal is explaining the exit strategy to the queen and is saying that they will send, I think, a solo ranger ranger to come back and. Um, I think a solo ship. Oh, a solo ship. Okay, so yeah. maybe a fleet, a full fleet, which yeah. you know, or like one. Sh- I don't know if a fleet is multiple ships or one ship, but. One ship of people. One. That's better than one. I was like, you're sending one dude. <laughs> <Yeah. into this laughs> <place."> Bye. <laughs> um, 
So, uh, but yeah, we can see at this point, Ellen Deal completely convinced that Isildur is gone. Uh, we have no idea how long it'll take for anybody to find Isildur or for him to find his way yeah. out of there. Well, well, that and it's just shock in general. I mean, this fucking volcano just erupted. He thinks his son is dead. You know, all of those people that they they were so convinced that they saved, half of them are gone. Yeah. And then, you know, we also, uh, just to just to mention too, so we don't overlook him, uh, Antamo is also dead. Thank yes. you. Thank um, you. Thank you know, you. so it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I would just, not that I would assume that my son was dead, but like the chances yeah. of it, I'm like. Well, and it was basically confirmed. What is his friend's name that? Lieutenant. Yeah, the, the, that yeah, Valendil. Um, okay, yeah. So he basically confirmed it to Ellen Deal too. Well, and he probably was watching him. Yeah, yeah. Isildur basically stayed back. He was in shock, and he was like, "Fuck, I'm gonna like try to get him out." Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah, everyone thinks he's dead. Uh. You know, I hope that there's a. I don't think that we're gonna get a um reunion with Ellen Deal and Isildur this season no Uh, (laughs) no well and this is also worth mentioning because i fucked up uh, a couple episodes ago and said on episode five that we were at a halfway point and technically we're not i was thinking that there was 10 episodes of this series but or this season and there's only eight so we're officially have one left and that's the finale i'm mad about (laughs) (laughs) they've been giving us 70 minutes which is pretty dope but it's not enough eight eight yeah what is this season eight of game of thrones jesus christ not even i'm just like (laughs) you don't even need to do the test run of eight episodes y'all knew like that this was gonna be great well i mean and that it kind of sets the standard i think i think that going forward we'll probably only get eight episodes per season (gasps) probably i think maddie is like we are in our like pandemic phase still watching these things. So too little sucks so bad. <laughs> yeah. My blood boil. I was thinking about it when this episode ended, like even 20 minutes before it ended, I was like, fuck, these assholes are giving <laughs> us the finale next week. <laughs> yeah. And then that's it for what? A fucking year? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. yeah. I- don't like it. Anywho, I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so I think we all agree we're not going to get a reunion between a sealed door and probably anyone nope. uh, this season. I, I would think maybe at the end of the finale episode, maybe they'll have like the towards the end, like the last of his, like if they show him at all, it would be like him... Like I said, maybe like being face to face with a hard foot or something. And yeah. like they'll just cut the scene or yeah. something. Like it won't be detailed, but it'll give you like, oh, this is the next step on his journey. Cause mm-hmm. like I said, we know he's alive, but yeah. it's still gonna include him in the in the season finale, but it's not gonna give us anything more. Yeah. Just a little bit of direction. I think that's yeah. what they'll do. Yeah, I agree. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Um, okay, let's move on to Nori, Space Cowboy, and Evil Trio. 
Yes. Um, I made it a point to ca- try to call uh, the spaceman something different every time I mentioned him because <laughs> he's known as the stranger by Amazon. Uh. I'm like, it's stupid. But um, okay, so we get a lot of them this episode, which I'm happy about. It's honestly kind of shitty, all the things that are happening to them. I'm like, they can't fucking win. <laughs> no. Because as soon as they finally reach their their you know destination where they're gonna chill for a little bit and eat a bunch of apples, all the trees are dead. Um, and then Space Cowboy comes in, does some very aggressive looking uh, you know, magic to the trees. I'm like, yeah. you're, you're doing very good things but it's all coming off so scary (laughs) well and that's the thing too is like when he first does it like yeah it comes off as this insanely powerful thing and then when nothing happens right away yeah like they're like what the fuck like who is this this thing yeah because yeah because we know something happened we felt it there's magic but there was no result so you're just a dangerous thing. We don't want you around. Okay. I have a really fun Disney theory about his little magic trick. (laughs) I know that it worked, but I think that it worked because when the old head, I forgot his name, the, like the leader had it gives him the star papers. It was like a gesture of true kindness. And I think that sealed the magic. That is very Disney. The power grew right after. (laughs) That is very Disney. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Perhaps. I mean, we know that there's like very, very good things in this world. So well, that's the thing is it's almost like I picture it in my head. It's like they were it's like they were expecting the magic to happen and then the whole tree was just gonna go poof and it's just yeah. all apples just yeah. apples appear out of nowhere like just a very like uh showy you know very cheap like magician trick or something like that's what they were expecting and when it didn't happen it was just like, who you is know this dude? <laughs> yeah <laughs> who hired this guy <laughs> exactly speaking of apples i thought it was really nice that they showcased apples a bunch of times because it's my favorite fruit and a fun fact is that apples originated in kazakhstan central asia nice mm-hmm. so fun fact. for you <laughs> those are fun facts um so uh Maddie, I know you wanted to talk about Nori and Starboy um, and just their yes. relationship a little bit. So we'll talk about that first and then we'll get into the actual events and the evil trio. Yeah. So, um, you know, I'll just start off by saying the uh, relationship between them is definitely evolving. We bit of that in previous episodes you know she got real scared when he froze her hand on accident when he was like in the zone with his little like healing thing Mm -hmm. um so we know that she has learned to be more cautious around him even though he can do good things uh Mm -hmm. again like sorry to be so disney oh i don't know what's happening (laughs) like you know magic always has a price like you know there's always a cost so like she's kind of starting to see that and i think it's really funny how like even the her her people are like kind of shifting and trusting him when she's like oh shit like we need to actually be a little bit careful um this man is cool but he's dangerous 
Well, she also gets down on her herself because once he ends up uh, leaving, she like hands him the apple and then he, you know, walks off. But she's like, you know, she's mad at herself for finding him because like, yeah. you know, from the beginning, we've always known that Harfoots are these, they're very naive creatures. They keep to themselves. That's how they've always survived. And then she brought this thing that could be dangerous to them. And first she thought she was being kind. Like, I want to be bigger than just a Harfoot. Mm-hmm. And then now she like retracted from that. And she says like, I'm just a Harfoot and that's all I'll ever be. Oh, it was like, so she, sad. Yeah. So she's like, she's even like, wow, mom, you know, you were right this whole time. Like, you yeah. know, I know. And I think maybe I should just be a hard foot, like looking outward at the world and trying to be more than what I am is pointless, which is, it's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we shit on the mom a little bit before, but it was nice to see, like, she looked heartbroken in her eyes. She was like, you're not just a hard foot. Like it looked like she knew her daughter's spirit was broken. And that is terrible for a parent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so well, sad. I mean, yeah, and at, at just complete opposite of the very beginning, like you both just mentioned, but like the, you know, her mom is the one. I was like, this is the only time I've ever seen a parent be like, no child, you are amount, you will amount to nothing but what you're supposed to be. And that's <laughs> it. Stay in your lane. Don't be yeah. ambitious. Don't be hopeful. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, when her mom had that conversation with her before. And then, so now it coming back to her, it was like, oh shit, like I actually, like, I just feel like there was a moment of that. And then we get almost like an, a redemption trial. Well, it's like a, it's like a, a mirror. I, Cause yeah. it's almost like the, the mother has a realization that what she was projecting has finally like is instilled in Nori. Yeah. Like you don't realize, like, it's like, she just realized you know, all of this I've been spewing at her this entire time. Now she's believing it. Yeah. And now that I'm hearing it back, it like, it's, she's like, what did I do? Yeah. Like this is now, this is my fault. Yeah. So, but I do, I like that that actually happened and it goes really nicely into what happens next with them after uh, Starboy leaves but at the towards the, more the end of the episode, um, you know, they realize that the evil trio is looking for him. We'll talk about them next. But, um, you know, then Nori's like, I'm going to find him. Like he's in danger. And then Poppy jumps uh-huh. in and says, I'll go with her. And then they, and then that's when Marigold uh, says like, you're not going to go out alone. I'm going to go with you. And yeah. so it was really nice that like full circle moment of like the, you know, just the, the character arc or like the, you know, the relationship between the two of them coming full circle of Marigold realizing that all of these things that what she was saying, Nori was, and, and also knowing that like, I have to lead by example to now. And so I'm going to go out to the woods with you something that I would have mm. never done because yeah. that's how much this means to, you know. Oh well, yeah. And then, uh, Sadik and Malva are going too. So it's the five of them. Yeah. That that's going to be that an interesting fucking like little. They, high have, they have, they all, like all five of those characters have such a different mindset when it and comes to their mm-hmm. and personalities, when it comes to like the community, like that they have and survival and just, they're all so different. <laughs> so it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they are in their little group this yeah. scene was probably my favorite 
I will just say it now because uh, I was just impressed. I mean, I always knew Poppy would come through. She's the bestie and she ain't got shit to lose. She's like, fuck it. Yeah. <laughs> a mom or a dad to tell me shit. I'm yeah. <laughs> well, uh, and the other thing is, too, is that, um, you know, yeah, we're going to segue into the, the the three like strangers or whatever. But another thing is, too, is that um, Largo the father when he's giving like his little speech because of course after everything is burned up and destroyed you know he gives his speech too because and he like i think out of all of the harfoots like other than poppy um he's one of the ones that's like never lost his spirit yes like he is oh he like he broke his damn foot like he's about to be left behind like he's like there's a chance of him being left behind and dying like and being abandoned and now like everything got destroyed but he's still like the spirit of a hardfoot yeah, yeah, like yeah. through like through and through i don't think he's ever like wavered from being his true self so i really like him as as yeah, a character he summed it up so well when he said you know hearts bigger than our feet that was mm-hmm. really cute. that was so fucking cute and um before we get into the the bad stuff i just mm-hmm. want to make one good thing uh before any of that stuff happens and when they're like oh my god like the magic worked holy shit mm-hmm. like these apples um Poppy says that I think it's Marigold is gonna make apple sausage, and she's like, "No, uh, apple sauce." Uh, yeah, apple sauce. <laughs> I just wanted to quickly ask you guys. Um, you know, when I was it, it reminded me of like the funny things that like kids say. And I remember when I was a kid, my mom told me this. I I actually don't remember this, but I used to call bracelets wristlets because like you know it goes on your wrist. And I was a little dumb kid. But it was funny and cute. And I was wondering if you guys, uh, like, had ever called anything like that. Oh, no. I know. I I mean, I'm sure there's something. Yeah. Gotta be. Gotta be. I don't know. I That was really fucking funny. Yeah. That's a question for the mother. Yeah, no, honestly, that, that's true. Also, I think that I can probably think of some. Um, so next pod, we will have yeah. a section yeah. where we talk about yeah. the yeah. when we did when we were kids that were, like, hobbit like you know (laughs) um (laughs) um one thing that i wanted to mention too just on the note of of the harfoots is um just going back to largo and his spirit and this actually segues perfectly into the three strangers but when nori is like face to face with one of them and he comes up behind them and you can just see the physical difference of how small the harfoots are compared to these people and he's Mm -hmm. just got his like torch in her face and he's I don't I don't remember exactly what he said but he was basically like I'll fucking kill all three of you if you yes. touch her and I'm like Largo in front of everyone yeah. in I'm front like, of the whole community I know yeah. like, you sweet sweet thing please stop please yeah. stop it now <laughs> like, like I'll boil your brains or I'll boil you right now or yeah I, I honestly you. think like other than um like Durin and Elrond's like relationship together like friendship together I think Largo is like one of my favorite characters yeah yeah like as you know just like just true spirit of himself he's such a like just a wholesome character and I I love him 
Yeah. yeah, he actually reminds me of my stepdad a lot, which means good things. I'm like, oh, that's that's really sweet. He reminds me of like someone who would be like, good morning, good morning. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, yeah. That guy. Yes. Um, yeah. So that was really funny. I was like, please sit down before you get hurt. Because <laughs> <laughs> like your your foot is barely healed. What are you doing? No, and even then it's just like like this was. So I've been seeing actually a lot more now in these later episodes, the, the size difference between like in specifically in this one, you really see the size difference between Elrond and Durin mm-hmm. um, and how short Durin is compared to Elrond, both daddy Durin and Durin Durin. Um, so, but like you didn't, I don't, I didn't really notice that before. Like now it's like with camera angles and all this stuff, like they're really emphasizing the size differences. And it's like the scene in, uh, like Lord of the Rings where they're all together and you Mm -hmm. have them all standing there and you literally can see like for scale. Hell yeah, Jenna. That's a great. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, okay. So the trio that's just what i've been calling them because jenna you mentioned their names yeah i because they're obviously their their names aren't mentioned anywhere in the show but like can i name them first i I mean go ahead (laughs) go ahead all right there's black hands bitch which i (laughs) realize it's probably because she blows fire (laughs) you know it's like they're burnt you know whatever so she might be burnt bitch i don't know but black hands bitch (laughs) and then we've got Staff bitch. Staff bitch. <laughs> okay. And then okay. we've got helmet head. <laughs> okay. So that's trio right now. Oh god. Yeah. Okay. Um, I love it. Uh we can absolutely <laughs> rename them that for the sake of our own podcast. I mean, I use that for me because that's just my differentiator. Yes. Yeah. Which is it's a good one because I yeah. Um, so for the sake of the listeners, Jenna, hit him with the real names. Okay, so I don't know which one is which because I didn't look up the actors and their names like to for like face comparison. Honestly, I just but I just I know that the main one um is the dweller. Ooh, okay. That's yeah, because I, I looked in the credits to see like if they actually gave them names and they're not actual names. So the main one is the dweller. Um, and then one of them is the nomad, and then the, one with the staff. I would th- I would think so. Yeah. Um, and then the last one is the uh, ascetic. I don't know how to like actually pronounce it. It's A S C E T I C. I think ascetic, maybe. Yeah. But that's the only names that they've given these three characters. And, um, my, like my kind of, I not really theory with them, but it's, they, they obviously they're looking for meteor man. We, we know that's like their entire purpose. When they were first introduced, they were at the, the landing or the crash site. Um, and all they've been doing, and I know him using his power is kind of like how the sword is, or the rings are where it's like, they can almost track it. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like every time Meteor Man uses his power, they're, they're tracking it and they've like really now in this episode, they've narrowed down where more, where he is and they're getting closer. Yeah. So I'm more thinking that they are 
just kind of like cultists. They're not, or like witches in some way, or like followers. I don't think that they're anybody of um, like known importance in the the lore, or the story. Um, I think that they're just. I don't know if they're like just made up characters for the show. Probably. Um, yeah. Um, because I, I know obviously introducing, especially out of the three and having one of them be more prominent as far as like power and like intimidation goes is very Sauron vibes and stuff. And I, and obviously that's, they want to keep pulling people in different directions on who Sauron can be. Mm-hmm. So I get them doing that and like having a leader of the group but i i really just think that they're they're just followers of sauron and followers of you know morgoth and you know these you know evil entities and they're they're just what they're seeking out from meteor man i don't know obviously we don't know that yet but I mean, maybe it's to try to, I mean, maybe they're like evangelists, like evil. Yeah. So great point. I actually just looked up ascetic and the definition is characterized by suggesting the practice of severe self-discipline and abstent, abstent, oh my gosh, abstention from all forms of indulgence, typically of religious reasons. So it feels like the father, son, and the Holy spirit to be honest. There you you go. (laughs) You know, yeah. so I'm like, they actually might be more neutral than we think. I'm like, oh, if it's, and didn't you say that Tolkien did, ha- it bases a lot of this shit? In- yeah. yeah, a lot of his stuff okay. is very much off of yes. like Catholicism and, and religious like texts. So, well, so. But that makes sense. But that's the thing is like, if these characters weren't mentioned in the actual like book, and that's a, and that's why I'm thinking well, that maybe that they are just these almost like disciples in a way of they don't maybe they don't know or maybe they're assuming that Meteor Man is Sauron and that's why they're looking for him because they don't know they don't know what he looks like they've never seen him all they've seen was the crash site and they can feel his power and they're tracking him down yeah so maybe they feel this power because Sauron is uh, the same thing as Gandalf and the same thing as the wizards and stuff. They're all uh, the, um, the Maya. So they probably just feel this presence and they're assuming it's Sauron. Yeah. So that is a very good point it'll be interesting if they are good because they look so fucking evil um (laughs) so well and they just they've lit a flame in the harfoots caravan so you know know. if there isn't anything more evil (laughs) i I don't know i know poor harfoots they just had this whole abundance of you know food and you know sustenance and they're so happy and (laughs) i also had a theory here that maybe they destroyed it because if they ate too much of it because it was magically made it might be bad for them so they were actually helping the harfoots that's reaching but i was like oh maybe like you can't have magical food uh, yeah, 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 so, yeah you gotta watch your cholesterol okay? yeah yeah <laughs> oh my gosh. No. um <laughs> all right so i think that i mean honestly there's still very little that we know about them or their intentions um mm. 
So uh, we know that obviously they're going to be a thing. And I'm assuming because they did really play them up, we probably will see them. And yeah, I I mean, I think it's they're more occult like you know they're just side like a side kind of issue yes oh my god they're worshiping meteor man they're like oh my god he's yeah star boy yeah (laughs) Yeah. i i but yeah i really i really think that that's what it is they're almost like a um like kind of like a uh like a conduit in a way kind of like how waldreg is was kind of needed in the story to rupee to to you know create or what is mount doom like that was his job like it's he's this follower that is doing the bidding of evil and i feel like that's what these three characters are is like they're just these occultist followers that are trying Mm. to just keep the evil power going yeah like they're just supporting it yeah that makes a lot of sense um Maddie, is there anything else that you wanted to say about Nori, Starboy, or the evil trio? Um, I think we covered everything. I, I mean, I guess I'll just say, like, they're scary. Like, that was yeah. scary. I was like, dude, you know, the fire, like, unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really overkill. God, just, oh, Especially wait, since what? Nori was trying to be like, no, he's this way. Yeah, and like, actually, one, one last thing will they be unaffected by other elements i am curious about that because the fuck i was like yo fuck you but i'm like okay what about like ice and wind and yeah i mean that's a good question too it's like where does their power um you know where does that stop so that because because like what they what the one the the burnt bitch is that what we're calling black hand (laughs) black hand bitch um like it was crazy what she was able to do like no one could have expected that that's you know what she was able to do so it's like okay what's the extent of this power that these three have so yeah that's a good question Mm -hmm. yeah yeah um okay I want to quickly touch on Muriel um and quickly well (laughs) okay uh I mean there's a ton of other stuff that we have to get to so um I mean the biggest the biggest thing with her and which really was sad and it really kind of like hit you in in the gut was when she's talking to ellen deal and she's on the horse Mm -hmm. and they're going through the woods and he notices that she doesn't dodge a branch she doesn't move nothing Mm -hmm. and she asks him you know when is the fog going to go away like when is it going to recede and she knows mm-hmm. yeah like and he's like we've been out of it for a while oh, no. now which I yeah mean, so so also just quickly wanted to note on that first of all gut-wrenching scene it's like oh my god and that the actress I don't know her name right now um but she did phenomenal at playing just dead face uh yeah. you know like just total daunted everything um R.I.P. Muriel's vision uh, well, that that uh, and just you know her being a leader of yeah. her being oh. like keep going keep walking don't Bro. make a scene don't bring attention to it just keep going yes. like i still need to uphold be in my title like mm-hmm. i don't want anybody to think less of me or judge right now like we need to go 
Yeah. Well, every leader knows like never, never let anyone know your weaknesses. Like you let your mm-hmm. two close people know and be like, yo, like, don't, don't tell anyone yet. Yeah. Like, no. Well, then also, out. yeah. And also at the end of the episode, when she's talking to Galadriel again, and she says, you know, don't waste your pity on me, save mm-hmm. it for our enemies. And that, that was more so what I want to talk about with yeah. like, her in this episode like her sheer determination. And then now that's also backed by personal vengeance because of what was taken from her. Mm-hmm. Um, so that at the end of it was, and you know, of course that's when Ellen deal starts fucking sobbing. Um, yeah. but you know, so her saying, you know, we're going to come back, we're, we're not done yet. And, um, you know, telling Galadriel, like, it's not your fault. I think that was really cool and I'm like Muriel I really fucking love you I was iffy about her uh up until she actually got to the Southlands but well, she's also just pissed yeah well, like yeah. she's so, just straight up pissed I want to say too she was very cautious I think and I think that's why we probably felt a little standoffish to her like oh she's being bitchy like come on like this shit is real but she was cautious and I really appreciated the vengeance too. I'm like, not only did you lose your sight, but like your people and you see what the fuck they're doing to even people here. If you're a good, fair leader, like you're going to be like, I'm not going to stand for this, even if it's not my shit. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah. Because we think about like the Numenorians and then the Southlanders, like all of the, they would have saved Numenorian lives by not going over there, but all of the Southlanders would have been dead. So it's like, you know, even though, you know, when it comes to like Ellen Deal and how angry he is at the end of it and thinking we should have never came, this is all Galadriel's fault. I should have left her in the fucking water mm-hmm. um, but because he's thinking, look at all the, all my lives that I lost. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's almost like when you're thinking about humanity as a whole, they, they didn't lose anything they gained because all of those Southlanders would have been dead had they not shown up. Yeah. And the other thing is too, is like, you know, it's, as much as they, like you said, they they played her off to be this very uh, just harsh character, mm-hmm. but we also have to like put yourself in her shoes of, you know, what would you do as a leader if somebody came to you and started explaining all of this stuff that, you know, you haven't seen yourself. It's not affecting you. You know, they're on their own little island. Like they're they're away from everybody. They haven't felt the effects of anything um and the only thing that she was ever uh wary about was when she started using um the sphere and she saw that galadriel was going to be there yeah and you know but up until that point they've been on their own like i said their own little island they haven't been bothered by anything and the the issue too now is that she realizes that now this big thing happened Mm -hmm. if she didn't help this that volcano was still going to go off Mm -hmm. mortar was still going to be created and it is still going to reach her eventually yes it would have infringed upon her land yeah yes eventually so it's i think just that realization too of her being on the front line of dealing with it like yeah it's real yeah Yeah, i i need to talk about muriel's is it muriel or muriel 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 Muriel. okay yes i need to talk about muriel's just arc 
through this episode because the actress, actor, who I don't know their name, amazing, amazing job. I think going through like saving people and then looking devastated. And I think that realization is so clear on her face. Mm. And then like the mm-hmm. dead eye, it was crazy. And then the end, I just everything. It was, it was such like a she's for me, it was she was so brave, so strong, such a dutiful leader. Um probably even though it was a really sad scene, probably my second favorite scene when she was on the horse and she tells Ellen Deal and uh Val and Dill to continue she, because she's like fuck people like we gotta we gotta move yeah <laughs> yeah for sure um yeah I think the arc throughout the episode was really really good uh the actress's name is Cynthia Ade Robinson so I might be pronouncing Aday? I, I might be pronouncing that wrong um spelled A-D-D-A-I but um the my final note that I just wanted to say about Muriel is that her dad's prophecy saying that if she goes over there <laughs> it's darkness oh uh, yeah oh god it's like the meaning we didn't think <laughs> like that oh my gosh mm-hmm. yeah so well that- the, the other the other thing is too is I'm, I'm also thinking that um like I I wonder not just only being a Numenorean, but also this whole thing of prophecies where, because she adds, she's not, it, it's making her seem that she's not fully blinded because she can see fog. Yeah. It's not it's black. Like, she says gray. I see. Yeah. Gray. So mm-hmm. I'm like, is this something that could eventually not be reversed, but become better or with some sort of magic or is she going to in a way be able to be kind of like a seer of some sort yeah like that's where like my question with her character is going because when I think of somebody being like fully blinded like you know you you have so much damage here like she does mention gray and like fog Mm -hmm. I'm like what so, is the extent? <laughs> I, I agree. Well, and she has the connection to the seer ball. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I like this is Lord of the Rings. It's a little magical. <laughs> yeah. She's a little magical. It's yeah. very magical. <laughs> um yeah, I when when we get to the elves, I have a I have a question there, but uh yeah, I agree. Okay. Um, all right. So this one was the, probably the biggest name drop of all fucking TV time of all lore, anything when Galadriel mentions her husband, Celeborn. Dun, 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 dun. What the fuck is that about? Yeah. <laughs> um, Jenna, take it away. <laughs> I'm confused. I'm confused. Oh, no. um so yeah this is this is where uh the timeline is is starting to get a little bit questionable for for me not just this there's a there's another thing that happens that i know we're gonna get to that also makes me question the timeline of everything 
But um, what I really think is ha- is happening right now is uh, so as we know, we're we're in the second age. So everything that we know about the the Lord of the Rings and everything is in is set in three ages: first, second, and third. All of the Lord of the Rings movies, as we know it right now, and the Hobbit and stuff, that's all the third age. Mm-hmm. So in the and then everything from like the Cimmerillion, that's all like first age stuff. So being in the second age, and this is where. Um, the creation of the the rings um, is happening as the whole point of the show. Uh, there is a lot uh, of empty space. There's a lot of empty timelines mm-hmm. uh, within the second age. And I think they are playing into that a lot. And that's why we have all of these newly created characters that you know, may or may not have an effect on the overall storyline or lore because when there's a lot of space um, or there's a lot of open time within a timeline, that, that gives them room to play, you know? And there is a lot of empty space in the, se- in the second age. So, mm-hmm. because uh, another thing, um, because between... Okay, so be- between the f- the rings being made to the last ring being made um, is 100 years. That's short. Yes. Yeah. The so, set- well, because a lot of people think that, like, all the rings were just... No, not the age. That's how long it takes all the rings to be made. Yeah, that's that's not a long time for all the rings to be made. So, but a lot of people think that all the rings were just made all at the same time. So yeah. if you put in the perspective of all the, it, you know, it taking a hundred years for the rings to be made, it, like there's a lot of empty space in that time of things happening. In yeah. Basically, years. Like Maddie, think about it in terms of like us watching the show, yes. like them putting on a show. How are we going to cover a hundred years of time from yes. the start of the rings being made to the end of it? So, the, so the, the thing with her, really- yeah, so the, the thing with her husband is I'm wondering because she doesn't say that he's dead, which would fuck everything up if he is. Yeah, like exactly. it would literally fuck everything up. Um, because as we know it now, because if she's gonna mention her husband, um, she would also mention a child because they do Gladriel does have a have a daughter. Um mm-hmm. And there was no mention of the daughter. So that kind of helps with somewhat of a timeline. And so because she didn't say he was dead, she just hasn't seen him, which means they still need to have a daughter. And the reason why the daughter is so important is because that daughter marries Elrond. And they have, yes, Galadriel's daughter marries Elrond. Is wait, and Elrond like straight as fuck? Like, aren't they good friends? Yes. Yeah. How weird. weird. Elves are weird. You you have to you have to remember that once they hit their peak age, that they that's it. They're they're, that's what they are. Elves lives for thousands and thousands of years. I don't give a shit. If you're (laughs) ten thousand and my daughter is one (laughs) thousand. 
it's different yeah all right all right all right but yes so so yeah so elrond and the daughter have arwen and we know arwen from the movies and aragorn and all that yes galadriel is arwen's grandmother so amazing okay (laughs) so for so for him to be alluded that he's dead like I said, if they have him dead, it just, it fucks everything up. Like the, the, whatever. But like I said, it also puts it on this timeline of she, she hasn't had her daughter yet. So. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't, I, I don't know so, what's happening. Well, so, so, okay. So yeah, the timeline is wonky um, because we know that these things happen. Clearly they've thought about it. So I'm not super worried well, and that well, and that's the other that. thing is where where they're going to, ha- like, if they're going to end up introducing him, because this would also mean that because he was gone, he would have to be gone for ages. Yeah, like yeah, of years, like hundreds and hundreds of years, because between the initial first episode when she's describing you know defeating Morgoth to now that's hundreds and hundreds of years and there's no mention mm-hmm. of a husband like he's been gone this entire time yeah. so it's so, like he's so he's captive somewhere because if he was just off on an adventure she would know like oh yeah, yeah. my husband's just you know Solid exploring yeah. he's just out <laughs> But she wouldn't say he's missing or she hasn't seen right, him. Right. Well, and um, she and the reason why he's brought up is because Theo asks, Have you lost anybody? And she says, My brother and my husband. Yes. So he's she's talking, she thinks he's dead. Clearly. Yeah. 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 I mean, he hasn't shown up in hundreds and hundreds of years. I mean, like, you, how long are you gonna hope for? You know what I mean? Even as an elf. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, he must be captive somewhere. But now, because of the name drop, we know that he's gonna turn up. Yes. And I don't remember if it's said in the in the this episode or in the movies, or if it's just something that like I know from my own like research. But like they, Galadriel and Celeborn, they meet in the first age. Yes. So now mm-hmm. we're in the second age, and then in the third age, like you said, is where all the movies are and where they you know, our mm-hmm. comes of all of it. So, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's like, it, it like timeline wise, it's kind of difficult, but my point is that because they name dropped him, clearly he's going to show up in the show or not, we won't stand it if he doesn't, you know? So like, yeah. we'll be like, why would you name drop this man? If, you know, unless they were just trying to cover their tracks of him not being around with us knowing that they met and got married in the first age. But they would still need to have a daughter, which she wasn't mentioned. Yes. Yeah. Because so, obvi- obviously she would need daughter. to have the daughter before he goes missing and he's gone forever. Exactly. Maybe she didn't lose the daughter. Maybe the daughter's safe somewhere. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's true. It's it's true. It's just, it's just really weird. To, I, I mean, she, if you think about it, like it really took seven episodes for him, her to even mention a husband. So like it is possible Galadriel does kind of hold out on a lot of information. Like we really don't yeah. know a lot about her right now, like where she is in her life outside of, because she's just so hell bent on killing evil. Um, yeah. You know? So, I mean, yeah, all things are possible, but like I, I, my thought is that 
she hasn't had the daughter yet and he mm-hmm. clearly turns back up at some point um whether that be in the show or not but I just don't think they would mention such a big character by name if he wasn't supposed to be in the show so I mean I think it's just something else for like the lore fans to like look forward to like you know him their reunion I guess or maybe Isildur runs into him (laughs) I'm just like I'm I'm just throwing everything out there at this point yeah I mean anything's fucking possible clearly in the show so true um and Um, Disney or notes. We need to talk about how Galadriel was speaking about how they first met. Oh my god! Oh. <laughs> in a flower bed, and she was dancing, and he was just obviously fell in love at first sight. And freeform, make a movie now. I need to see it because then he goes off to war and never comes back. What a perfect plot! What a perfect oh plot! <laughs> like, I mean, it's sad, but like. Oh, make the girls weep. Yeah. Well, give um, us the feels and the love. I know. It's it's actually just so funny that like nothing surprises me with how in character like these are like I don't know how to say this, but like I'm I'm like of course two elves met in a fucking flower bed, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like of course like, they're just very ethereal beings. They yeah. love nature, and cool. it's just so. It's either they're gonna meet on like and they're, while they're doing archery, or it's gonna be in a flower bed. Yeah, exactly. it's like one of the two. So and it's not even just the elves. Like all of these like species creatures are so it like in their own lane with their shit like the the harfoots it's the same thing i'm like of course you would be doing this you're a harfoot you know and like so it's kind of like i just i love how like it but it doesn't surprise me how like far they go in that trope in these tropes of of their things you know i like it i could also see them meeting randomly on horseback like they both just (laughs) are riding for themselves and then they're like i saw the prettiest woman in the woods um, <laughs> god it's really nice you're right though yeah. like i, I kind of like the trope for this it i know works. i love it i love it yeah it's gimmicky but like it it works um okay so uh i'm kind of segueing off of all of these things with we'll have to wait and find out so <laughs> yeah <laughs> But uh, I want to talk about it's just Elrond. unfortunately not the only timeline issue. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's kind of why I want to keep going because I know that something else that I'm going to say is going to spark another something. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. um, okay. But let's just uh, briefly talk about Elrond, Durin, Durin, and Daddy Durin, which is what I'm Ooh. calling him because I can't call them both Durin, clearly. I'm calling him <laughs> Daddy Dick now because he's a <laughs> fucking asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Daddy Dick Duran. But I do um, want to okay. So the first thing, just before we like kind of do a little deep dive on on them, I just want to throw out because we're we're t- we talked about you know Muriel and I've, I've talked about you know the, just characters being true to themselves. I fucking love Disa so much. Oh my god, I know. Thank you. She is the most Thank supportive you. ride or die bitch yeah <laughs> like i wrote the I, same like, thing in my notes i yeah. i love her so much like no matter like she just believes in like herself and her husband and them as dwarves they like their journey forward and being 
not innovative, but like moving forward yes. and progressing. And she, I fucking, I fucking love her. Yeah. Um, I'm really glad that you brought her up because I just want to say on not a story related thing, just aesthetic. I hate to be vain, but I really am so glad that they did the shot on the stairs with them because we got to really see her face mm-hmm. just captured so lovely and close. Her skin is so smooth and her lips <laughs> are the perfect little kissy lips. If she put on lipstick and then kissed a piece of paper, it would make <laughs> And her hair, I was like, holy shit, girl. Like it's little, it's kind of like wavy. I don't know, but like small waves, it was really pretty and it was nice. I yeah. Loved it. Um, my note on Disa is that if she was angry all of the time, she would be my favorite character because seeing her be so angry was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, God. And just like the, the, okay, this is a dwarf thing, like the lice bearded, you know, just like. <laughs> dwarven to like that's yeah it's like you have lice in your beard (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh so funny I love their relationship um descender and god I love them so much yeah Uh, and it's really sweet because she also apologizes for that immediately yes like I I really love their relationship dynamic because of how like they even if they get heated with each other they immediately recognize it and like call it out and fix it and like joke and I it's it's funny because like I was really lucky with my mom and my stepdad they I remember them fighting and it always ended in like joking and laughter like they were always able to make the joke to like kind of kill it yeah like that's so fucking healthy and cool and God, I'm sorry. I really am in a Disney mood. I'm just <laughs> loving right now. But like the kiss that they shared, oh. <laughs> like he grabbed her and she, oh, I loved it. I loved it. It wasn't even like a hot, steamy makeout. It was just like- It the was just wholesome. Supportive, yeah. beautiful. I would rather see that every single time on screen. Yeah. yeah. Like I'm well, not- the, And that's the thing though, is like the, I mean, for- obviously being under like understandably mad and as pissed as she was yeah. like she to have that like soft side of her like automatic like you said it's just healthy it just comes right out like yeah. it, it just shows like you are allowed to have a temper you're allowed to be passionate and mad because what she's mad about i mean is is valid it's just like you know it's completely justified because you know we have elrond you know, offering this, this deal with Durin and saying, you know, the king and saying, you know, we'll give you 500 years worth of wood and grain and all of these materials that you can utilize for five centuries. Like that's a long ass time. Dwarfs don't even live that long. Yeah. And this is something that we're opening up to you and we just want the access to the minds that can benefit both of us. Yeah. And it's needed. And mm-hmm. for to go back to like Disa's like progressiveness, like the king is just so set in his ways and he doesn't even care about the everybody else. It's very like you know that that theme that's going around between all of the the races that we have in the show right now is very 
we're just minding our own fucking business and we don't want anybody else to bring trouble to us. And that is what the king is, is doing. You know, he doesn't care about the literal gold mine that he has in that mountain. And he doesn't care if it's going to wipe out an entire race of elves. He wants nothing to fucking do with it. He's like, I don't care. You can offer me the world and I don't give a shit. Yeah. Like, and for her to be just, you know, as strong-willed as she is, she's also trying to instill that in her husband because the other, like, and I noted it, the, like, the other, like, heartbreaking thing was seeing Durin cry. Yeah. And be, and be upset. And yeah. she is still so fucking supportive. And she's like, you know, she's just there. Like, she's yeah. just, she's such a good character. I, I love her. Yeah. Another really cool thing about is like Durin is super strong. Like he is, you know, he's a fucking true dwarf, but like even he, I think struggles with like uh, delegating and like reigning. Um, and it's really nice to see her like back him up and give him that energy uh, to be a good ruler and to be like a firm ruler, even fair. I mean, I think with your father, who's the king, that's probably really fucking hard. But like, I don't know. I'm sure that's happened. Like, even when they first meet and they talk about how she he like uh, approaches her. She's like, well, you know, like it took him three weeks or five weeks or however long it took. And I think she <laughs> even, like put the pressure on. She was like, you know, like I basically, you know, get dropped hints to you because I, <laughs> I had heard things. Yeah. So I don't know, like having that backing of like, I feel like maybe he second guesses himself and she's like, hey, like I'm that voice in the back of your head. That's like, no, don't second guess this. Like you're yeah. on the yeah. Well, she she also realizes too that you know he's in line to be the next king. Like he is, yeah. and and she's trying to ready him for that. And mm-hmm. you know, because yeah, his his dad is not going to be around forever. He's going to end up you know taking over. And you know the other like note that I had about the scene with you know Elrond and you know them, it's you know Elrond gives the piece of mithril back to Durin. That was the little piece that, you know, he gave him, you know, episodes ago to basically almost like signify their trust in this like friendship. Mm-hmm. And he gives it back to him because it's just, okay, well, your dad says that we're not allowed. So here's this yeah. back. And, um, you know, it's, this whole thing's heartbreaking. There's just little heartbreaking moments like throughout this entire episode. They're they're not like these huge things, but they're just these little like moments where I'm like, God, this just sucks. Yeah. And and really like, yeah. So it sucked because like Elrond and Durin had a really cute bro moment, you know, when they're, they decide to go down and mine themselves because they see that this mithril can bring something that's dead back to life like yes. um during seas on the table uh we'll talk about the mithril mine right after that i know that yeah like- yeah so he yeah he tosses the the piece of mithril down on the table and him and disa are you know still in the room and you know we see the leaf heal and the fact like just the way that they looked at each other and like that realization and he yells for elrond i was like 
yes let's yeah. go yeah. dynamic duo mm-hmm. like i yes <laughs> yeah only boys club that i'm here for and yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm so glad that you said like oh he gave him back the mithril and i was like oh like your dad said no like you can't come outside and play <laughs> yeah and even when they're in the mines like it's so like high school boyish yes. we're hanging out we're having a little beer it's just us we're playing video games like it had a really nice like I think especially for as you know in quotations how old they are it had such a youthful vibe yeah and that's what they bring out of each other and that's what I love so much about the two of them um, and it's just you know, Legolas and Gimli it's yeah, just like that's really- why like the elves and dwarves just always have this like camaraderie yeah. just together where it's it's almost like um uh, speaking of disney i don't know i, I think it's just because oh, you keep wow. mentioning I'm disney so sorry <laughs> you keep mentioning disney so I, this is probably why this is the first thing that popped in my head but it's very like fox and the hound to me where they're like oh. not supposed to be friends but they're like the best bestest friends you know what? That's a perfect reference because Fox and the Hound is fucking heartbreaking. It is. Yeah. It is. God. But it's just this very like they're just two completely different races that they yes. have a lot of history together. They're almost like not supposed to be friends. They're just these like they're they're supposed to be just like business partners, but they just don't want to listen to that and they're friends. And yes. they just have a really good relationship together and it's it's like a, it's a it's a healthy bromance, man. It it's yeah, great. It really is. Um, so yeah, just storyline wise, they realize that this mithril is incredibly powerful, and he calls Elrond back, and they go down into the mines, and you know they're looking for it, and then they happen upon the fucking you know just ev- all of the mithril in the entire fucking world right yes. there. Oh, also one more small thing, because I I don't want to, I don't know if you're going to mention it, but I just don't want to take the chance that we're going to pass it. Because it's another very, like, important thing, especially with their, like, talking about their friendship, is that um, Durin was going to tell him his real name. I know. Yeah. Which is, like, an incredibly, like, important thing when it comes to the dwarves. And the fact that, like, Elrond knows that, so he mm-hmm. stopped him. Yeah. It's just like, don't do that. Thoughts about that. I feel like it was a little bit sus. And I want to say the way that they set up this scene with them just talking about like Elrond and um, Durin when they first had the little hammer match. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he's like, and I think we all knew this from the beginning. The beginning. Elrond is very strategic and smart. So like, yeah, he lost the fight but he gained that time and and we saw that and mm-hmm. i think that was kind of like his plan in anyways but he does say like oh but like you know i was winded like he gave him a little bit but yeah. something about the way that they set up the scene felt very suspect and i wrote in my notes like Durin is too trusting with elrond as much well, as he, I- he also said it too he said um He's like Elrond tells him to save it, save it for the far side. Yeah, like yeah. which means side. like wait until we're through this. Yeah, yes. wait until we win. Wait until yeah. we're alive and settled. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. 
Which makes me feel like what? Why though? Like you? Well, I think it was like, more so like like you're you're hiding something. I don't know. Well, I mean, honestly, it's not it's not unfair for you to think about it like that because that it's a good point. Um, I kind of thought about it as more of like coming from a place of like honorability. Like I know that this is really important. Like like say like let's I don't know just more so like don't tell me this now. I'm not worthy of it now. Let's get through this first and then yeah you know and see where we are. That's kind of how because Elrond is an incredibly noble person. And like, yes, at this point, he's trying to save his race, but I don't think in any way, shape or form, he would actively try to do anything against her. And so, um, you know, I kind of, I, tr- I just like inherently trust him and, and, you know, endure like in this situation. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah, but yeah, incredibly important. Um, I saw that Duran was getting ready to say, and I almost was like, stop, don't tell him that yet. Yeah, like it, he's like, just don't do that yet. This isn't the time or place, you know. Um, well, the other thing is too, is that there's, there's a, a lot of what is not just between like the elves and dwarves, but there, there's a lot of very important things. Just, kind of just how, you know, cultures that we have now are, have very like sacred things like within their, within their race, within their culture. And, for dwarves, it that name is very important, mm-hmm. and you know elves have the the same thing, and it it reminds me a lot of. Th- this is also just like a small thing from like the the movies, but it just shows like kind of like an importance, um, between the relationship between like elves and dwarves. Um, so in the movies, uh. There, there is a scene, and the re- and the reason why I mentioned this because it just very like reminds me of the name thing. Um, there's a scene in the movies where um, Gimli is talking about how Galadriel gives him uh, strands of her hair because she can essentially like uh, it's not oh like he he it's a, it's hard to explain it's almost like a like this sacred thing right where um it's given to you kind of like how the dwarves names are given to them and they don't tell anybody them it's this sacred thing mm-hmm. um so there's a scene where because Gimli takes Galadriel's hair he gives her or she gives him like three or four strands of her hair and he braids it within his beard and it is a very just like unheard of thing and it's a very like trusting thing mm-hmm. and there's a scene where legolas realizes that gimli has galadriel's hair braided in his beard and legolas knows what that means mm-hmm. like legolas is like you know you're you're a homie <laughs> like that's like oh, really God. really symbolic and it's really oh, important God. And basically what it is, is that, um, that it was almost like a promise in a way that, you know, by Gimli carrying her hair, um, within his own, it's like, um, he almost like made a promise to her that the dwarves and the elves will till the end of time will be like together, like they'll be like fighting together. 
I love this. I love so, it. Love this. Yeah. So it's like little things like that between that's why I, I really like that their relationship reminds me so much of Legolas and Gimli because there, there's a lot of things between the dwarves and elves that are just very symbolic and important. So something as little as that for them to add it in there about the name and Elrond understands how important it is because elves have very important things like traditions too. Yeah. I think that's really nice um, calling back to the movie. And I think another like, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I haven't watched the movies in a really long time. And I think this is probably from the movie that I remember best, but when they're trying to get into... I don't even know where it is, but it's some cave. I think it's where the fuck they are now, but it's like been abandoned or ruined. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're trying um, to get into the door and it's like code words. And, and yeah, friend. if I'm wrong, are they names that they have to say? It's friend in Elvish. Oh, fuck. That- <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, that's the, the, the door. Yeah, the door that opens to Kazundu, where they are now, is that's the code word to open the door. Is 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 friend? (laughs) Okay, I don't give a shit about anything else that they've done. One thing that they've done well, fucking friendships. This little poetic reference between all these little friendships in this universe is really magical, and I love it. God, I love (laughs) Disney. Hire us. Hire me. <laughs> it's like all the Disney references. We got you. I know. The crazy yeah. thing is I'm not even a Disney adult. Not even. <laughs> like it's, I just like that love can break any curse. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Uh, okay. Are we ready to uh, <laughs> the, the Mithromine and um, well, Okay, so we kind of touched on the myth of mine. I will come back to this after, though, mm-hmm. when we talk about the big elephant slash whatever the fuck I could compare him to in real life in the room. Um, <laughs> but first, I just want to mention that we do see the change up from the Southlands to what is known as Mordor. Um, Mordor. Yes. Mordor. So, um, I know. So that just kind of sealed the deal. We all knew that that was going to happen and that the mountain was mountain doom and etc um but we mm-hmm. did actually like see it physically the word change on our screen I'm like oh cool okay does more <laughs> like anything does it have uh, or an orcish meaning i'm sure it does okay because i literally thought it was be adar being conceded i was like oh more adar more dark <laughs> like the fuck uh and one little qualm for me yeah um, i mean i think i think just in general i think mordor means like a not an evil place but like a dark area dark place okay dark um and that could have been the meaning because he named it you know and so that's just what it's you know it's associated with a dark place that word so he could have created that word too. Yeah, because I'm pretty oh. sure the word more means dark. Oh, okay. And people invent words, you know, Lil yeah. Wayne. Well, yeah, and it makes sense if more makes means dark because we had more goth. Yeah, so. cause, cause, oh yeah, because more more goth means dark lord. So more door would be dark uh, land, dark, <laughs> dark, dark. 
dark world, dark. I don't I don't know what door means in Elvish. I could probably look it up though. Hold please. Go ahead. Yes. Um, um I really like that we made that uh signification though. More doors is a place and more goths <laughs> is, you know, like the evil one. Yeah, definitely. Um, um uh Blackland. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Blackland. Mordor, yes. Blackland. Okay. Yeah. So um, yeah. So Jenna, is there anything that you wanted to add to this bit? Oh, oh, oh. We missed one little baby thing about Duran. His oh, yeah, his necklace. necklace. Yeah. So uh yeah, so that happened. I really have no words for it, which is why I didn't mention it. Um, I'm just like, what? It's just basically the the dad just being a dickhead, yeah, and saying saying, like, you're done, you're not like you're not in line for my my seat anymore. Like shameful, like I'm done with you. So is he gonna kill him? Is Duran gonna kill his dad? Uh, (sighs) I doubt it. I highly doubt it. This is there. I wouldn't say that this is as like. Um, Shakespearean or Game of Thronesian, as oh, what you yeah. think. Um, this is definitely not why, an Oedipus. Like, oh my god! That's why I brought it up because I had questions. I was like, "Oh shit!" Like he doesn't have the ruling. Who the fuck is gonna rule? Like, is he gonna kill someone? Yeah, I don't. Um, okay. yeah, that's actually good. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't foresee an Oedipus uh, journey for yeah, this. Nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, there wasn't really a lot that came from that. It was just, you know, his, they got in a huge fight, et cetera, et cetera. He took off the necklace and now we're kind of back at square one with Duran. We don't know where he stands. Mm-hmm. So lots of open-ended questions mm-hmm. with everyone in this show. Um, but Jenna, I know you wanted to specifically talk about a timeline, timeline thoughts that you had. Was that going to be when I mentioned the Balrog? Yes, that's okay. another one. <laughs> what is the Balrog? waiting on this all episode. What is the Balrog? Is it the big uh, thing that you see at the, the end? It's the big flame monster at the end of the episode. That is a Balrog. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't sure. Yes. Um. Okay, Jenna, the floor is yours. Um, Balrog's not supposed to be here yet. <laughs> Fuck. Uh, so, um... That's why, like, I I questioned it when they started showing previews of the Balrog showing up. I just assumed that they were because we kind of mentioned how they're showing scenes probably for from future seasons and future episodes and stuff like that. So and because they like I I think it was like after episode two. Two, I think they showed a preview of the Balrog. Yeah. So I was like, okay, well, this this is not the time for a Balrog. It's cool to see him. Not the time. But it's not you're not you're not supposed to be here yet. So um yeah. Well, maybe he's traveling um, here for a little bit. Like, so, you know, tight. Well, that, that was gonna be my question is Jenna, why um don't you? Because I actually don't even know the timeline of of Okay, what- so so I'm I don't okay so it's one thing to I don't know like I don't know how to like put it. it's just 
Well, so okay. like my, my question is like, why do we know that the Balrog's not supposed to be here yet? Like, how do we know this? When well, is I, I only know this because of like the the lore and the the reasoning. So so basically, the the Balrog is not doesn't really make itself known. Like nobody is supposed to really know this thing exists still. Um, till like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years in the future. Okay. Like his existence just isn't supposed to be known. Okay. So, um, like we don't, we don't, we don't know that. And the, well, the reason why we, we know that it existed in the past, because, um, when we go back to when, Gilgalad was talking to Elrond about the story about the tree. That night, that elf fights a Balrog. So we know that a Balrog exists. Like, everybody knows that one exists. But I think that they think that it's defeated. Like, it's gone. That there's not another one. So they're not supposed to know that this one is in the mountain down there. Gotcha. Um... Because I believe it is, so Durin's grandson, the sick, so, right? Because this one's Durin the fourth. Yes. So Balrog is, the, the Balrog's not supposed to show up until Durin the sixth. Okay, and it's like lore, like lore, lore wise, and yeah. now they're showing him being awoken right now. Uh so if he's being awoken now, that's hundreds of years. Like that Balrog's gonna wake up and destroy Kazam do and like and wipe it out hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before it's supposed to. Uh. So. I like I I don't know unless they contain it somehow and it like yeah so that that's like the other thing where I'm like what are you doing yeah kind of like that's kind of problematic for the storyline yes um because the other thing is too is that the 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 rings haven't been made yet (laughs) is the other thing like. So it's like, it's, they're kind of, so I don't know if this is just like a, like a Jaws moment where, you know, he's under the water. He just hasn't surfaced yet. And they're they're This is just a cameo thing where they're showing him being awoken. And then maybe he just like goes back to sleep. Yeah, <laughs> like, I, like, I don't know. Annoying now because I'm like, yeah, it's dumb. Yeah. Yes. I mean, and so, and the, okay. So I guess like my, I mean, first of all, it's annoying if you're going to, if you're going to tease us with something that everyone is very excited about seeing play out clearly yeah, because because that also in the trailer this whole time yeah like and then to put it back to bed for 200 years you know like yeah so seasons yeah because then it's not until like the third age that balrog is supposed to do its thing Gotcha. We're, we're still in the so, second age. <laughs> yeah. So I uh, just really quickly, I think it's funny um just bringing that up uh into the lore and I'm not even in the lore or read the books or whatever, but like 
uh, Mordor, I felt like was introduced really quickly. I was like, really? Not even in the finale episode? Uh, like, well, it's so in that- cool, but I thought maybe the second season, like I, I well, wanted, like, I thought it would be all build up. Well, yeah, no. And we were talking about like what to expect in the next episode, given that it's the season finale. And I'm like, okay, if you would, if they would have had this Balrog scene at the end of the season and left us on the cliffhanger of like, yeah. what the fuck? like, I think that would have been better. So it's like, we already now have Mordor. Um, we see the Balrog. He woke up, no mm. idea what's going to happen with that. In the in all of the teaser marketing that they're doing for the season finale, we're seeing Sauron like in in yeah. full fucking costume. We're seeing. Yeah, it, I mean, I so get like, the what, like. What are they? I, I get the the problem that they're having when you know this second age is, you know, it's such a long timeline, and I get the problem with condensing it down to a tv show i understand that yeah but there's also house of the dragon yeah so it's it's harder too because like there's some things that you can kind of look past um because because uh, even like elendil and isildur are not on the wrong timeline but they're not even supposed to be in the picture until after the rings are made. Mm. So like they already did, they already like in- did that so, and did so, a little flipperoo, okay, so which doesn't I- mess with everything too much, but it's still like they were already doing it and moving stuff around. But when you're going to introduce something as like as menacing and as problematic as a Balrog, that's, um, that's a lot. And that brings me into the other timeline issue that I have. Because mm. just wait, there's more. Oh, no. Um, because, okay, so because they are now showing this Balrog being awoken, there's also this whole thing, because again, the one huge theme of this show is who the fuck is Sauron? Like, I, I feel like they've been using that as like a distraction for a lot of other yes. issues and a lot of other things where it's like, who is Sauron? Like, and it's just making the audience, you know, question every every character. Um, but the other thing too is that at this point in the show, or not in the show, but at this point in the lore. Um, Sauron becomes a a person named Anatar, and um, he he stays as this form to create the rings. So, because lore wise, Sauron helps create all the rings under this disguise, right? Um, that's already supposed to be happening. Yeah, because the the rings are created in a region, which we know already, because that's where Celebrimbor is. That's where Elrond went to go discuss the forge and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like that's where the rings are are made. Um, and Anatar is this. They they call him like the 
the Lord of Gifts. Um, but he's essentially makes himself to be this person who's going to help them create these rings of power. So that's why now that they've like messed with the timeline so much with other things, I don't think any character that they've shown right now is Sauron at all. I think Sauron now is already in Oregon with Caliburnbor. I mean, I would assume. I'm thinking that that's probably going to be the big reveal is he already started making the rings. Yeah, mm-hmm. like th- this is already something that's going on off screen. Well, this yeah. is... and I mean, and you said that it takes 100 years to make these rings. So well, and, Yeah, and the other thing is too is that... Um, you know, Caleb Rimbor, he already like almost has a sense of what he's doing with this new forge. Like he's very much like pushing forward with this forge, which means Anatar, aka Sauron, has already been in his ear. Yeah. To push that idea forward. Yeah. Well, that that is what makes the most sense to me. And we just haven't seen it yet. We haven't seen the starting of it, but also with the thinking about the hundred years and how them as showrunners are going to show all of that. I think that the ring creation is sooner rather than later. And I think that we're really going to be like, the show is less about the creation of them and more about the aftermath as soon as they're created. Um, And then the battle with, like this initial battle with Sauron that we're going to, you know, the, that I think is what it's mostly going to be about because a hundred years, I'm thinking even just from like a show, <coughs> like producer writer, they wouldn't introduce us to all of these characters. Sorry, my cat beaters guys, every fucking time, <laughs> um, every, uh, they wouldn't have introduced us to all these characters that we fall in love with knowing that a lot of them would be dead by the end of, if we started making the rings now, and then it took a hundred years to get to it. It's like, mm-hmm. it's almost impossible to put a hundred years on screen in that way. It's easy yeah. with elves, but it's hard with dwarves and humans. Um, and then I don't even know how long Harfoots live, but I know it's not they're not immortal. So it, yeah. so I think that really we're probably already farther into the ring making process than we think. And just yeah. because we haven't seen it doesn't mean that it's not happening because the first episode is where Elrond is over there and they're talking about the forge. So yes. it's like the conversation has already been started. Yeah. I and- think, so I, I think what, what's happening is that because um, Sauron is the one who ultimately convinces Celebrimbor to gave him the idea. Like Celebrimbor didn't come up with the idea on his own. Like to to make these rings was not it for him. Yeah. Like so, it was Sauron's idea. Yeah. So yeah, if he was already on board with this forge in the first episode, Sauron already got to him. And that's where they keep throwing in these like little tiny wrenches everywhere and making you question who is Sauron because um, the other thing that I've been seeing online as well, and I know I covered it before about um, Halbrand being the Witch King, which I I think at this point he is. uh, One argument that I've also seen online is that for Halbrand being Sauron is that um, in the books, Sauron goes from the Southlands and goes to Linden before he gets to Oregon, yeah. which now Halbrand is doing. 
Halbrand is has been to the Southlands. He's been to Numenor, and now we know Halbrand is on the way to Linden. So now everybody is like, "Oh, Halbrand Sauron," which yeah, in the books that would make sense because that's what Sauron did. But timeline, but timeline wise, if Celebrimbor is already talking about the forge, Sauron already made it there. Yeah. Right. So So I honestly am thinking now that, because I was thinking, what are they going to leave us with at the end of the season? It has to be bigger than the creation of Mordor. It has to be bigger than the introduction to a Balrog. They're probably going to leave us with the rings being done. And made, you know, well, the, the, the other thing is too, is that like, I think the big, I mean, honestly, I think the big thing is going to be with the, with the three strangers uh, meeting up or finding Meteor Man. I think that is probably going to be one of the bigger finale things um, for everything. Um, because again, we don't know what scenes in the trailers are actually going to be in the scene. Like the for the next, like you know, I mean, they're releasing trailers and different clips and stuff, and it's like who knows what these clips are from. If it's already from you know for next season, if it's going to be for like the finale episode, like we we don't know. Yeah. Um, I have a question for clarity. Calibrimbor is the king or Elrond's older friend? Calibrimbor is the friend that he meets up with that has the the hammer when he's talking to him in that room about the forge. He's like the older elf friend. The the older guy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so question. If Sauron is already there, Sauron is going probably by another identity um Sauron has power already is it is it what's the motivation for Calibrimbor is it because he wants to protect his people and he's like oh these rings could help oh yeah yeah because because that's a that's essentially what what the the I don't know what to call it for all yeah because every because men get as like however many of the rings Mm-hmm. Elves get. I'm right, right? When I'm saying this, or am I talking? Yes, about yeah, yeah, yeah. Each race gets a set, like a set of rings. Oh, power. Yeah. Oh, oh, wait, is Sauron good or bad? I don't. Oh, he's bad. He's, he's bad. bad. He's posing as a good person. Okay. Yeah. So, so total, total. There are twenty rings altogether, and oh. these rings, under the guise of it being good, is that these rings are going to connect everybody and that they're going to give power to their people and that these rings are a good thing. Uh Um, But but what really happens is that the rings are created and then Sauron uses, goes to Mount Doom because Mount Doom is essentially a massive forge Mm-hmm. Um, he goes to Mount Doom and he creates the One Ring. Yeah, and when they say One Ring to rule them all, it means the One Ring controls everybody who has the other rings. Mm-hmm. So these rings are strategically given to certain people in these races Got to it. control them, to yeah. influence them. So these rings are given to kings 
and noblemen and people in higher standing to control their their minds and to control the people damn sauron is an asshole oh yeah he's he's a big old asshole and then i mean eventually um you know like the elves are smart because the elves only get uh three um but they know they figure it out eventually Mm-hmm. that this is what's happening because the elves are more intuitive like they they realize what's going on the humans get them i think the humans get nine right and then the dwarves get seven mm-hmm. the hobbits get none which is essentially why the hobbits are forever good and you know, <laughs> because wow. they never wow. got any of the rings yeah wow shit on that well you know i guess if you're that small who even knows if you exist maybe yeah. they didn't know and they're always in kinda. They're always in camo. So like <laughs> that's true. <laughs> no, but I, I'm not. I'm pretty sure it's the men get not nine. Yeah, men men get get nine. Dwarves get seven. The elves get three, and then Sauron gets the the one. The one. Yep. Yeah. Damn. So oh, yeah, that's how the cookie crumbles. Uh, yeah. All this. <laughs> so I mean, ultimately, we know where we're heading. Um, it's just yeah. Yeah, the timeline questions and then where specifically the characters are going to be because, you know, uh, a lot of them are kind of, you know. So, yeah, it's just big old question marks. Yeah. Big old question marks. Because, I mean, we still don't even know ultimately who Meteor Man is either. So yeah. it's like I'm just really hoping that at the end of this next episode, like this, this season finale is just at least going to answer one of the (laughs) questions just one i will be happy even if it's just one question answered of either i don't like i don't think they're gonna say who sauron is like they'll show him in his armor because like you said we've seen that preview already of him like in full armor like there yeah I, i mean i don't think they'll say who it is but i want an answer of who like who meteor man is like, I, I really, I mean, I've had, like, my theories the whole time of, you know, because would they really make him Gandalf? Probably not, because, again, that's a Third Age thing. Gandalf didn't come to Middle-earth until the Third Age. Um, say, like, there's other, um, there are other wizards and stuff, too, that are uh, mentioned. There's Radagast, who also not till the third age there's saruman not till the third age uh there's two blue wizards uh not till the third age <laughs> so blue daba yeah. so <laughs> but the thing is is that they could have one of the blue wizards show up earlier so well, he could he could just be one of the blue wizards and then the, they send the the second one shows up and he meets up with the, the other one. I, 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 I don't know. Well, and I think that we know that Harfoots have seen like mages before from centuries old. I think uh, the old man, fuck, I always forget his name. Says it. Yeah. And, um, you know, he's like, yeah, like we haven't seen even for someone with such big, long legs, like wandering for thousands of years like that's a long time we haven't seen a mage like you in forever i haven't even seen one so like mm. what's up dude yeah so yeah um, we, 
there's wizards everywhere that's cool and scary yeah Yeah, i mean it's it's not really like implied like it's kind of implied that there has been some kind of wizard or something magical uh, there like wizard wise or sorcerer wise before so I don't know. I don't know if they just, this is just a new character altogether. And again, it's just throwing this who the fuck is Sauron narrative. So, you know, whatever. Um, I'll throw it out there that it's, it's either just a completely new wizard, uh, you know, or it's one of the blue lizards. Cause I, I, I'm so tired of guessing (laughs) and we're at the end of the season Um, and i'm like i want an answer for something i I mean i hope that they do i mean they've kept us on the hook for eight fucking episodes if they don't give us a single answer and you know that will sincerely piss me off because yeah god knows how long we're waiting for a new season yeah i mean i don't like i really just as as far as what they're going to show in the last episode it's really kind of I, I feel just up in the air at this point because we know that the Harfoots have their little group of five that are going to be wandering out looking for Meteor Man, while the three stain- strangers are also looking for Meteor Man. Muriel and Elendil and the and everybody else are going to be heading back to Numenor. Yep. And um, Galadriel re- and regrouping. Yep. And Galadriel and Halbrand are on their way to Linden. Yes. So, so the two them. two of them are uh, going to Linden. Yeah. And then a we have in fucking Mordor's God knows where. Yeah. And then you know <laughs> Whoa, with, with, with Beric. Yeah. Um. And then, I, God, I don't, I don't know. And then just the fucking Balrog. Like I'm just because they they you know they kicked Elrond out. They 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 threw his ass out because the the king was pissed. Well, he's yep. in like detention, right? Like he's would, in like this. No, they they threw him out. They they literally like oh, kicked okay, him. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, they kicked him out of Chasm Doom altogether and closed okay, the door. Good. good. I thought he was still in that fucking pitiful courtyard with no grass. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, they they threw they threw him out. They're just like shut the door. Let's lock <laughs> ourselves in here with the Balrog. Um, Jesus. <laughs> so. So yeah, um, I, I don't know. And then just, uh, like, I get the reasoning because, of course, like, you know, Halbrand is in terrible shape. They, you know, and and Gladriel says like this will t- is gonna take, you know, Elvish medicine to to fix. Yep. Um, and then we also, I just just to mention because we haven't mentioned him yet, Arendir, like everybody's alive. Yeah. Oh, no, Bronwyn's alive. I know we haven't all like right. mentioned them at all, but we, it's like great. They're alive. Everything's fine. We didn't mention them, but I will say I don't know what it is. I liked Bronwyn when she saved Arendir. I hadn't liked her before that, and I again didn't like her in this episode. I don't know if it was the way that she said Theo, or maybe it's her song, or maybe it's because she's dressed like Little Red Riding Hood. I just. <laughs> I don't know what it's what's happening and i want to like her hardcore because i'm like your man is aaron dear yeah i um yeah. i uh didn't mention them on purpose because i was irritated 
Well, yeah. I, I, well, it was more just to to bring up like where everybody is. Yeah. yeah. Like so, it's you know everybody's kind of like going off in their own directions right now because like we basically spent the entire season of them coming together in in it's meeting so up, and then now annoying and then now it's like splitting in splitting up again but i do have to say one thing that i did really like about theo even though yes he is the fucking child that hides the zombie bite Mm -hmm. can't stand the little fucker but the one thing that i did really like another heartfelt moment was earlier in the episode galadriel gives theo the sword to use and protect himself, blah, 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 whatever. But then at the end, when her and Halbrand are getting ready to take off to go to Linden, um, Theo goes to give her back the sword and she basically tells him to keep it and calls him soldier and he calls her commander. Yes. And it was a very sweet moment and a full circle moment because... Especially how against elves Theo has been and reluctant to trust them and to look up to them or like find any kind of good in them for him to do that. And especially like he knows he fucked up. Yeah. Like he had the hilt, he showed him where it was. He is essentially part of the reason, like he feels guilty. He's essentially part of the reason why Mount Doom has erupted. Yep. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and for, (laughs) and for her to still look at him and be like, yeah, you're, you, you're still here. You're, you're still alive and and standing. You're a soldier. Well, yeah. And I think also just in terms of Theo and the, the, um, his anti-elvish, uh, mindset before when he finally sees Bronwyn and um, Arndir again, he like gives him a big, stepson hug and i was like oh that's cute we're finally rearing from that mindset but still i'm just like theo just annoys the shit out of me that kid still yeah i agree he is annoying but i did like those moments and i think it was really cute like throughout the episode because they come together and like get away and out of the smoke and from the orcs like they they get out of there together and like they had a couple moments and when she was telling the world about her fucking secret husband she dropped that bomb to a kid yeah um but the way that he like turned over and also like called her like now that he knew that she was like a married woman he was like oh my lady like milady it's a, it's almost in a, in a in a way where um it it almost feels like theo has just resentment towards elves because of their immortality in a way like because he even says it too it's like you know i can lose everything and you know it's 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 almost like this just like i said resentment towards elves that you know they they're special they're they're warriors they they you know can you know be immortal they live for you know they live these like extravagant lives and they they, they're just kind of like privileged you know to to be what they are and i think he was more taken back when she mentioned 
her husband because it humanized her for him. That yeah. she that she's not this just this battle hungry like you know soldier this fighter and stuff like she has a, a family she has a husband she has somebody that she loves you know and I think that was more just a realization for him as well that you know elves just because they live a long ass time and they're privileged doesn't mean that they're you know they can't I can't relate to them yeah um, yeah yeah that makes a lot of sense I mean he's a kid though yeah how are you even on this like when you're that young mortality but I guess the world that he is in like you are younger and more hardened to like the realities of the world and what just happened obviously mm-hmm. in volcano but um yeah it was nice I thought that connection was nice Galadriel always says some shit that's super fucking wise and I appreciate her for that um she can also be really hard at times mm-hmm. I also, I forgot to mention this, uh, and it's from a previous episode, and I forget where she does it in this episode, but she gets, like, stern as fuck, and as, like, soft as her little Galadriel voice is, <laughs> she is like, oh, Bran, don't fucking kill him. We need this man. I need him. <laughs> fuck off. Like, it was so strong and concise, and, yeah, I loved it. I, I like yeah. that about her. God, I just I still am just I don't know where this like this last episode is gonna go I it's gonna be no matter what it's gonna be a cliffhanger there's gonna be a cliffhanger of some sort it's gonna piss people off probably gonna piss me off yeah but I don't I I don't know I just I I don't know probably gonna piss me off oh (laughs) By the way, I also wanted to mention about Mordor and Mount Doom. Um, first of all, obviously, I have to mention Buffy. It reminds me of the Hellmouth. <laughs> oh, the land. But Go also- ahead. Do you, do your thing. That you just remind me of something else. <laughs> sorry, but Mordor or sorry, Mount Doom. I don't understand. Is it like? I mean, obviously, it's possessed by Balrog right now, but. Is it just a cursed volcano? Because it continuously erupts. It never stops. No. So, yeah, it's a very just active volcano. It's a very, like, great source of power. Mm -hmm. Um, And essentially, um, like I said before, it's it's used as a forge eventually. Mm -hmm. And um, it's just, it, it essentially becomes more active when there is evil around oh that's okay so so it's kind of yeah it's it's a, it's a very it's a cursed it's a cursed object that's a cursed object it's oh a, my it's god a, that's scary a very big cursed what? object uh, uh, but yeah uh i don't know what what you said to, to remind me of this but i know that i mentioned it the the name of the episode the eye um what well, why I, that that was the other like confusing I, thing i mentioned is, buffy is why it's uh like i'm confused why it's named that because i don't know if they're alluding to like sauron's eye That's like in I the 
in the Lord of the Rings movie, yeah. but he doesn't become the eye till a lot later. <laughs> like, God damn them. So I don't know why they're mentioning that either. Like that's just another time, like another timeline thing where I'm like, why would you name the episode that it like, that's nowhere near that at this point in the lore, like you're like a thousand years off at this point. Like what the, what are you doing? (laughs) Um, I often try not to get like hung up on episode names because I can never figure them out. And this goes for all shows (laughs) Theories are going crazy because uh, they hardly ever make fucking sense. So, yeah, I mean, Uh, this one, it makes sense, but why they're doing it, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's unnecessary. Um, well, all right, party people. <laughs> yeah. We get it all off our chest. Uh, <laughs> I, have a, I have a feeling like this, it's gonna be a hell of a lot more ranty for the for the last episode. Especially because we're gonna be immediately in like season ending hangover. Yeah. yeah. So we're gonna be extra fucking bitchy and slutty and angry. Yeah. It's gonna be but the good thing for you know for everybody, especially you guys, is uh at least we have two more episodes of House of the Dragon. Yeah. <laughs> Woo! Woo! True. That is true. And you can check those episodes out when they air and we probably <laughs> Even though we're not really scheduled yet, we're trying to optimize our posting schedule. Um, we are currently recording this on Sunday night. House of the Dragon actually starts in 20 minutes. And I wanted to do this episode early so I could try to upload this right away before House of the Dragon starts. Oh, it's happening. Um, it's fine. Yeah. Yes. So and we I will. Actually forgot what day it was and what day we. <laughs> That's why I was being very ambiguous and vague. I yeah, like, well, I mean, sometimes well, we always record um, for Rings of Power on Sundays, but sometimes I, I don't have the time to upload it until the next day. So that's why it's always finicky, but I'm trying to get better about it and making sure that like we're uploading the same days we're recording. So we're not just sitting on the gold mine that is us talking about it um, and not sharing it as soon as possible. So... But with that being said, yes, we uh, we also have a show um, that we, where we talk about House of the Dragon, all those episodes. Um, we only get one more of the Rings of Power, and then maybe we'll do like an end of the season full, you know, deep dive into everything if there's stuff that we still got to get off our chest. But um, we will figure that out later. Yeah, I, I mean, we should it. definitely do a pod about guessing their zodiac signs, and honestly. <laughs> let them listen to us talking through it i think it would be great um yeah. I, let us know if you're interested honestly if you're not i think we're still gonna post it so. <laughs> we'll still do it <laughs> we're still doing it anyway yeah because yeah. we're weird and you know girls like we do shit like this anyway yeah. live your um, best lives thanks for hanging out with us you can find jenna where uh twitter and instagram is oh jenna elise i also have twitch which is just jenna elise uh yeah that's it cool and where, where can the people find us um on twitter hb underscore hose on instagram hb.hose or you can email us at hose at hbhose.com 
Uh, trust me, I'm in the process of trying to consolidate all of those and make them just one thing across all platforms, but we've yeah, had, we we had a rough start with it. We, you know, we didn't match the names up before we did it, but that's okay. You can yeah. still find Um, yeah. So yeah, hit us up and, uh, yeah, try and upload this right away and then catch us in a few days with uh, House of the Dragon episode eight. <sighs> i have thoughts on this at least you guys get to like talk about it i sit in my fucking i just sit in my bed watching it and i'm like fuck man because speaking of lore and books and changing things holy shit yeah Yeah. house of the dragon is a is another one but you know yeah anyway love you guys (laughs) bye guys Bye. bye